Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Minds on Mental Health podcast. My name is Andy Dean. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and my guest today is Nicole Glover. Nicole is a licensed professional counselor as well as a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. She's the clinical manager of the women's program at Penn Medicine Princeton House Behavioral Health in Hamilton, New Jersey, as well as the owner of Restoring Pieces, a private therapy practice in Trenton, New Jersey. Today, Nicole and I discuss racial trauma as well as systemic racism. So I hope you find the conversation helpful. All right, Nicole, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me, Andy. Of course. All right, so at the beginning, usually what I like to do is just have people tell tell the audience a little bit about themselves and what they do for the agency. Uh, so do you mind just jumping into that? Sure. Um, my name is Nicole Glover. I am a licensed professional counselor, a licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, and I work here at Penn Medicine Princeton House as a clinical manager for the Women's Trauma Unit. I, you know, enjoy this work. I have a private practice called Restoring Pieces, where I see um, people of color mainly. Mm-hmm and you know help them through various issues that may plague them whether it be in the community with their mental health or just personally with a diagnosis awesome okay so you and i touched base about what we might want to talk about on the podcast and you said this is something that kind of comes up for you a lot in private practice but also comes up for us a lot i think at princeton house or really just in the mental health field in general um Mm -hmm. and it's really sort of everything that we had kind of discussed revolves around this idea of racial trauma. So I guess before we kind of dive into that a little bit, can you maybe just kind of give a broad strokes definition of of what that is or like how you view it as a clinician? Yeah, well, trauma in and of itself is uh, kind of like this experience of severe distress, severe psychological distress following maybe like a terrible life-threatening incident, whether it be, uh, for example, a car accident or some kind of trauma to the body, whether it been assault of sorts or, you know, many various things. Um, When we talk about racial trauma, we talk about that kind of trauma, right, except it's due to your race or color of skin. So you combine those two things and then, you know, we see in this country just some severe effects of what racial trauma has done to a group of people. Personally, I think there are plenty of examples to choose from in terms of what encompasses racial trauma. And I don't want to spend Mm -hmm. too much time on it unless you think it's important to do that. But can you maybe just give one or two examples of what that is? Like if someone's coming in uh, to treatment uh, with you like I said, in a private practice context or at Princeton House, what might they sort of bring up that would kind of fit into this, fit into this racial trauma lens or racial trauma category? I mean, well, I mean, there's, there's levels to it. I mean, there's systemic racism. People may come in talking about, you know, how institutions or policies or things operate against them and there's no equality there. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. kind of like, interpersonal racism where people can be affected by another person's 
judgments about them, like where we hear the words bigotry or prejudice or discrimination. And then there's kind of like this internal thing that happens. And internalized racism is like like a stereotype, some some belief that you are this way, mm. right? Mm. And and you go forth in, in society with this belief and you respond to kind of your everyday environment internalizing these things about yourself. Mm-hmm. One thing that I just heard you say that I think is, I don't know, I guess somewhat different than the way that as clinicians we typically think about trauma is um, you said that there's levels to it. Mm-hmm. And I guess sort of what jumped to my mind, and you can correct me if I'm wrong when I say this or this isn't exactly what you meant, but like institutionalized racism, uh, you know, feeling like you are uh, maybe being passed over for a promotion at work because because of the color of your skin. Uh, that trauma is different in a way than like maybe walking down the street and someone yelling a racial slur at you or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, different in the fact that, you know, well, I think the way we look at trauma, right? We're, there's mm-hmm. physical, there's mental or emotional, right? Or verbal. Um, I think there's levels. What I mean by that is you may internalize something and you may not have a physical reaction to it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you may have an emotional reaction. You may be angry or you know frustrated or annoyed. Um, and then there's the racial trauma where maybe you're a, a victim of police brutality, right? And then so your body has suffered a trauma. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean by it being levels. I guess in the example that I just gave too, Mm-hmm. And again, please correct me if I am wrong about something here. Yes. But you're, I could imagine your body having a certain kind of like fight or flight response in a way. If, you mm-hmm. know, you're just walking down the street and somebody yells something at you and then you feel like you're in danger. Whereas, you know, if you're being passed up for a promotion or something like that, you, you might have, your body might have a reaction in like a you know, I'm so pissed about this kind of way, or I'm so angry, but not necessarily like I might be in danger, or like my life might be in danger. Um, it, maybe not, right? But we don't want to assume because we don't know what the experiences of that person being mm-hmm. passed up mm-hmm. might be, right? This might be a person who's suffered a great deal of racism. So I, I like to speak about the group, like, you know, let's talk about black people for a moment, like mm-hmm. black people in America. I don't know if, if you want to use the term African American or not, but. Hey, you um, tell from, me what term to use. Yeah, I, I say black. Okay. So, um, <laughs> when growing up, you know, I have friends, especially in high school that have, you know, had run-ins with police the way we grew up in my inner city community and have had situations where that kind of trauma is long lasting. But these young guys grow up to be professionals, you know, mm. grow up to be teachers, grow up to be, you know, bankers or finance mm. experts and things like that, but still carry, right, that, that thing that happened to them as a teenager in mm. their neighborhood that may mm. still carry some incident, maybe even witnessing in their home where, um, some situation may have occurred due to uh, racial trauma. And so 
the environment has something has a great deal to do with that if if you know what i mean so mm. this could be a person at work now being re-traumatized mm. right uh, sure yeah yeah and so we we just don't want to assume that you know just because there are levels that these things didn't happen to one individual at all levels right that makes sense like uh yeah when something that might not necessarily be like life-threatening or you know you might not feel like you're physically in danger it can mm -hmm. kind of kick up all that past stuff that has come up for you in the past exactly and i guess one reason why that stuck out for me too is that usually when just thinking through my clinical lens here is like usually when we talk about trauma we don't really talk about it in terms of like there being different levels because all that really needs to happen for an experience to be traumatic is for the person to interpret it that way. So like, um, mm -hmm. you know, you and I can both be in a car accident and you could walk out and be fine and never really think about it again. And I could walk out and have sort of a trauma reaction or have PTSD, mm -hmm. or, you know, develop PTSD from it or, um, mm -hmm you know, not be able to uh, get in a car again for months or yeah. years. So really, it's sort of about how we, what how the, we respond to oh, or our ability to be resilient through, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess there, there's definitely a resiliency piece. And I think I almost don't even like to use the word resiliency. I don't know. I don't always think it's just a matter of resiliency, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, not always. Not not always at all. I mean, there are some people who are taught certain survival skills or who come built with survival skills, you know, and if we kind of flip that to what we're talking about in racial trauma, it's a little bit more difficult to say we both can experience something and walk away from it differently. It mm -hmm. literally, just like everything else, depends on environment mm -hmm. but i think for the most part there there are going to be some people who try to look for the good or deny that it's happening just so that they don't have to feel the feelings that yes. may come up sure right you know and that's avoidant and mm -hmm. just like in in ptsd there are a lot of times you try to avoid right what what may come up for you oh. so you as a as a defense mechanism you know, act like it's not happening. Yes. And, right. you know, and understandably so, because it's super uncomfortable and, mm -hmm. you know, can be really terrible to feel that way. Yes. Yes. Especially when we are trying to confront the issues of racial trauma, right? Mm -hmm. There is a lot of avoidance, a lot of, you know, not saying anything that happens, a lot of silence mm -hmm. that goes around because people are really, really uncomfortable talking about it, really, really defensive in some situations about mm -hmm. it. Or some people just don't have the language that promotes conversation and learning, mm -hmm. right? Some people mm -hmm. just need to get anger out because it's so deep-seated. Yeah. This almost seems like a stupid question uh, okay. to me. But, but um, <laughs> why would someone avoid talking about that? Or why would it be hard for somebody to talk about that stuff? Well, I mean, in my experience, um, mm -hmm. the, it really depends on the depths. There could be shame and embarrassment or guilt, right? There mm -hmm. could be 
just this unknowing or or fear right associated with it you know not talking about it is is you know the easiest thing to do and it depends on from what angle you know someone avoiding talking about it as a victim of racial trauma maybe trying to just seek peace for themselves mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. talking about it and talking about it and talking about it where they see no change mm -hmm. right it can continue harm it perpetuates the harm mm -hmm. so kind of silencing themselves and not talking about it keeps their ability to not feel that exhaustion or that tiredness or that mm -hmm. anger or that annoyance um but then as the perp the perpetrator you know silence is is one if you're trying to make change you know it's difficult it's uncomfortable and you you may not know what to say so you wind up not saying anything mm -hmm. um which further perpetuates it um and then if you are you know an active perpetrator and and you know you, you avoid talking about it it could be just fearful of what might happen to you in that moment fear of of the retaliation mm -hmm. you know but most of the time if you are the perpetrator and you're active you're not scared you're you're definitely out here traumatizing people <laughs> yeah totally um it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about is sort of a mix of frustration um, almost like defeatism from, from seeing a lack of change in terms of a lot of these issues. And, you know, what's the point of talking about it? Nothing's going to change anyway. And it's almost like, um, understandably so, like a, a defense mechanism for not having to drudge up all those feelings when, you know, it seems like nothing's really changing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, Black people are really tired and I, I'm generalizing and I don't mm -hmm. want to speak for all black people, but sure. honestly, you know, day in and day out, even if we take examples from turning on the television, there is always something. We can't go a 24 hours without there being something oh. that is race-based mm -hmm. negatively against us as a people, as an individual, you know, at, you know, no matter on what level we can go politically, we can go educationally, we can go at work, we can go simply just in our homes, you know, th there's just something every day. And I think the, the want for us to, to talk about it is like, we're not the ones that need to change. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the continued ask for us to, to push these discussions the continued ask for us to be teachers mm -hmm. of 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 what this is mm -hmm. is it's it's exhausting like we really really are tired we mm -hmm. we stopped being to be honest we stopped being in the mood to interact with white people mm -hmm. and that's a truth mm -hmm. you know i oftentimes wonder about like and i've heard people say this before but um you know giving voice to that frustration of like why should i be the one to have to educate you about this stuff um, mm -hmm. you know it's like i have to do everything else and i have to deal with it on a daily basis and i ha i'm responsible for teaching you about it um, yeah i don't know and that frustration just makes a lot of sense to me yeah it is 
I think there's something that some white people miss here, right? Mm -hmm. It's there was a system that was created, not by us, right? Not by black people at all. There was a system that was created. It was founded and it was started by white people. Mm -hmm. And that the inner workings of that, you know, it happened to us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we've had to learn both sides of the coin. We've had to learn to work within that system. Mm -hmm. Right. And then we also grew up learning our own. Right. There's kind of this idea that we have all the answers and we're like, uh, how do we have the answers to something we didn't create? Sure. We just learned to work within it. Mm -hmm. Right. If you look at it from that perspective. So yeah now when it becomes that conversation of ask you know the black person how we deal with or what is we have google access just like you do you know <laughs> yeah, what i yeah, mean yeah, yeah. we have exposure and access to the same books and titles that you can look up and read totally. and the history facts that you can look up and and, and become familiar with um as as anyone else so mm -hmm. no, we, we don't want to become the teacher of the things that happen to us, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, yeah. So anyway, thanks for being on a podcast where I'm asking you to do that exact thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, in, look, in, oh, go, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say in a way, I think it's a conversation though. It's not necessarily... Um, me being put in that position, I'm very happy to be um, discussing it this way, I mm -hmm. think, because it shines a light on, right, this conversation between you and me, a black woman, a white guy, mm -hmm. right, kind of pushing the envelope on a subject that is kind of taboo, to be honest, and mm -hmm. pushing the envelope on how to have further conversation about it. Yeah. So I think what you're saying is like, there's a difference between assuming that somebody wants to be your teacher about it and somebody who's actually open to doing it. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. And how dare you put my race out there like that? I'm, <laughs> the the listeners had no idea that I was a white, a white guy until now. Um, <laughs> they, they could not tell. Uh, <laughs> um. No, but I, I I feel this this podcast is getting more personal than many of the podcasts, many of the typical podcasts. But like, I actually told you at the beginning of this that I kind of didn't really want to talk about what we've been talking about for the past twenty minutes <laughs> so much because largely for that reason, like I don't want you to feel like you had to come on here and and play that role um, yeah. and also I think that there is enough stuff in the public space where if somebody really wants to be educated about this stuff they can totally mm -hmm. go do that like you said they have access to Google just like everybody else 